podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Today on Barca Talk, Slavia Prague couldn't get a single shot on target in the Camp Nou, but neither could FC Barcelona convert their chances into goals. The scoreless draw in the Champions League kept Barca on top of Group F for the time being, and now they prepare for Celta de Vigo in La Liga this weekend. Hi, this is Barca Talk, the FC Barcelona fan podcast. I'm your host, Brian Henderson in Buffalo, New York. Joining me from Madrid is Gabriel Quiroga. Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. We just got our first snow today. Oh in my Buffalo. gosh, that sounds awful. Here that we are. Sounds, it's winter's, winter's here. Yep, here it is. But how's it going in Madrid? <laughs> yeah, it's going. We have a cold front here too as well. So we are, a bit, I mean, it's obviously not as cold as you, but uh, we are about to have 10 or 9 degrees Celsius this weekend. It's, time, it's yeah. time to get the heaters out. Yeah, get your heater out. Get your Barca Talk hoodie, uh-huh. which is a new thing that I put into the Barca Talk shop. It's nice and cozy, I assume. <laughs> I haven't tried it on. It's black. It's warm, probably. It has a hood. It has a front pocket. It has our logo on it. Think about it. <laughs> But today we're going to break down the scoreless draw against Slavia Prague in the Champions League and scout Celta de Vigo for this weekend's match in La Liga. I want to take a brief diversion into yet another Apple podcast review. We've been getting a lot of reviews lately, and it's so great. We got this new one the other day, five stars with the headline, Your Go-To Barca Podcast. This uh, reviewer, Midnight Rebel in Canada, said, Gabriel and Brian deliver amazing content, such as great match previews and post-game analysis. They always provide great insight into the squad. Barca B and Barca Femini. I've listened for over three years now and look forward to listening to them every week. Keep up the great work, Mescaun Club. Thank you so much, Midnight Rebel. Really appreciate that. And everyone, you know, keep those reviews coming in. Next up, a scoreless draw with Slavia Prague in the Champions League kept Barca at the top of Group F, but they looked far from dominant in their first non-win in the Camp Nou. So coming off the loss to Levante over the weekend and knowing the level of trouble that Slavia gave Barca in Prague, we certainly weren't very optimistic going into Tuesday's Champions League match. It was an even worse result than they got on the road, actually, a draw versus a win. The best you can say is at least we didn't concede a goal, right? Slavia didn't have a single shot on target. Now, on the other side of Group F, Dortmund beat Inter 3-2, to putting them in second place with seven points behind Barcelona's eight. Dortmund is our next opponent, and that will offer the chance to seal qualification for the next round with a win. But getting into this match, the key stats to look at, there was possession, 62.4% for Barca in their favor. They had 14 shots with five on target, while Slavia had six shots but none on target. But the stat that you pointed out to me as being very telling was the distance covered. Barca ran 110 kilometers, while Slavia ran 125. Yeah, I mean, I saw this stat online, Brian, and and Again, it's not the most telling stat, but it just helps to give a perspective of the match that, you know, Prague ran 125 total kilometers to Barca's 110. But for me, Brian, it's still the eye test. You know, I, I watched the Valencia game that was that night, later on that night, and just the speed and the distance that these other two teams are, are covering, it's like night and day compared to Barcelona. And this is one of the major complaints that we've been talking about is just the aggression the dynamic ability that we are lacking, and also just the the ganas, the energy to play defense. And it's just not there. And we talked about this previewing this match. I bet that Valverde was not going to make any tactical adjustments to that press, and he did not do that. Yeah, so you were you were <laughs> correct. correct in yeah. that. Because that number, that distance covered number, what it really tells you about is 
how much people are how hard people are working to get back on defense more than anything. Correct. And also just covering each other and just moving, you know, that's the thing. It's it's the idea of, you know, especially how Praha was playing high too as well. So it tells you even more uh, you know, how much energy and how much ag- you know, aggression they were playing against Barca and Barca just was kind of comfortable with a lot more walking and not running that distance as well. Yeah. Now getting into the the lineup and the tactical choices for this match, looking specifically at the attacking trio, we had Dembele on the right wing, Griezmann on the left wing, and Messi playing something like center forward maybe and of course these are clearly the best three forwards Valverde could have chosen given Luis Suarez's injury but Griezmann was still placed on left wing duty leaving us without a true center forward and they weren't effective enough to get a goal collectively even though there were a number of chances but why weren't they collectively effective enough to convert on any of those chances I mean could you get this any more wrong I mean seriously I mean, the thing is, you know, we talked about that we were hoping now this was going to give an opportunity to Griezmann to play the number nine and maybe work that partnership even more with Messi. But man, you talk about putting these best, I mean, these are really good forwards and to put them in the worst position possible. Basically, you're just depending on Messi 1000%. You're basically brushing Griezmann all the way off to the left and Dembele is fine on the right. But Messi is not a center forward, you know, as much as he wants to you know, go up up in front and stuff. He just doesn't do the things that Griezmann can do, right? And again, this whole lineup to me just is baffling, you know, because at times Vidal was playing the number nine in this match, right. you know? And, you know, I just don't understand what the idea is behind this. You know, again, as we talk about, we have the talent, you know, we are starting to just really get tired of watching this team play because one of the things that gave me really a lot of pleasure to watch was Barca attacking football. It didn't matter the era. You know, I always knew I was going to watch attacking football. And Valverde has just really stymied this. There's no dynamic movement. You know, when Pep was the coach, he would always say, when the forwards hit the line extended in the penalty box, they were able to improvise and do whatever they can. And now it's the opposite. We never take shots on goal. We're always passing to the center. Everyone has a playbook. And again, it's the same thing, Brian. Why would we expect anything different? We're putting the players in the wrong position and Valverde continues not to make tactical adjustments in Champions League matches. Right. And people keep asking him after the loss to Levante and now after this draw with Slavia, he's been getting asked more frequently, are you thinking about resigning? Has anyone uh, said anything about maybe being on probation? I mean, no one said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he keeps saying no, no, but I can't, I can't but help but feel like he's trying to get fired at this point. It really seems as though he's just looking to get fired, and he kind of knows that this is his last season, and he's kind of just over it. I mean, his press conferences are brutal to watch because he gives no answers, and he just says, I don't know. And I don't know if that's yeah. just a, a way just to not answer the question or if he truly doesn't know. You know, like I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm completely baffled by him. And again, just with this lineup, I mean, are you telling me, Brian? That if we would have just had Dembele on the left, Griezmann up the middle, and Messi on the right, you're telling me we wouldn't have more chances or better chances and even goals? I guarantee we would. I think yeah. we would have had a ton exactly. of chances and at least a few goals. Exactly. And again, it's the same thing. And Vidal, you know, who is this guy? You know, <laughs> like yeah. playing number nine at times, doesn't play defense. He hustles, which is fine, but... He's not technically a good midfielder, and our midfield is just completely in shambles right now, Brian. We have 
I feel bad because I I like to see DeJong, but he's all by himself. Busquets is slow. There's no connection with the attack. They don't play defense as well. We're just every area is messed up except for the goalkeeping. <laughs> yeah, and like so many times, Busquets was left all alone in the yeah. middle. Vidal and De Jong, they were too far forward, and Busquets didn't have any support. He had the center backs, but he didn't have any anyone in his line with him. I mean, it's just a complete mess. You know, the thing is, Brian, I can't remember a coach in Barca's history who had lack of prep- preparation and lack of tactics going into almost every match in like the last six months or the last eight months, if you think about it. I mean, we never change anything. We never adapt. If you put this lineup into a statistical machine and you play 100 matches, it'll probably win 80 matches. So Valverde is kind of just rolling the dice that it's going to do that as opposed to just going game by game and seeing which players are available. I mean, you saw the difference in this match with Slavia Praha doing tactical differences, the way they developed their corner kicks, the way they were moving, the way the coach is involved, all these different things. And you see Valverde just standing with his assistant coach, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wonder if maybe he recently went to see a hypnotist, (laughs) didn't get snapped out of it, and he pulled an office space and he's just, he's just not going to go. Yeah, he's not going to (laughs) go. I mean, he gave, he gave him two days off. He gave the players two days off after the game. I mean, I posed the question on Twitter after the game. I said, does Valverde give him a day off? And he did one better. He gave them two days off. They're, they don't have to report till Friday at 6.30 local time Barcelona. I mean, it's amazing to me what is going on here. And it's not even – you know, I don't want to just put 100% on Valverde. It's definitely a high end. But the players, too, have to blame. And I, I hate to say it's a systemic thing. But the players are so comfortable. They're on club med. I mean, why would you want not want to have Valverde as a coach? You got two days off after a terrible performance. But that's where it comes back to the coach. Exactly, exactly. Because he could have not done that. For sure. But again, going back to the lineup, just to kind of hammer that home, those are the three forwards I wanted to see, Dembele, Griezmann, and Messi. But again, the formation is completely a mismatch. You're putting players again in the worst, not the worst, but in worst positions possible and you're not getting the output that you could potentially get Messi is trying to do everything and Messi also is kind of limiting our attack as well because when he comes to the middle and so forth he clogs everything every time you're watching it now it's it's the match that you saw against Levante the match against Sevilla it's the same thing with limited results now you mentioned how Slavia were playing high with with their line and one thing I noticed is that Slavia were holding us like a six-man line in the back when Barca were in possession. And then Barcelona were committing just as many men to that line, almost one for one, looking for passes over the top from Piquet and Longley. Is the possession game completely gone from Barca? Yes, it is. It's completely gone. Yeah. Yeah. Think about how many times, you know, when we had the ball in the front third, how much movement there really was from the forwards or midfielders overlapping through the side. None, right? There's none. And that's the thing is that, Yes, we still won the possession game in this match, but it's useless possession in a sense, right? Because we're not really converting those chances. And more importantly, Praha has gained a lot of counterattacks on us, you know? So that possession number is completely a mirage, just like the last three games have been a mirage of what we've seen. And again, for me, I saw Arsene Wenger talk about this. And you know it's bad when Arsene Wenger is pointing out these things and he pointed it out correctly. He said that the team is slow, stagnant, and just watches Messi. And it's completely true. And it's one of those things where I believe that if Messi was more disciplined on the right side or allowing him to be a central attacking midfielder and putting balance around him, 
that we would even flourish even more. But I think by Valverde letting him dominate the possession in the middle and so forth, we're becoming Argentina and not in a good way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I noticed about Slavia was that they seemed to be, I think maybe because they were on the road, you know, they, they were looking for corners. They certainly took their counters. They took their countering opportunities seriously. But in a lot of cases, they were looking for corners. They took nine corners, most of which they practically engineered. So did you see them trying to engineer more set pieces in this? For one? sure. I mean, if you're an underdog, these, this is the thing that you work on because – you're only going to have limited opportunities, but if you can catch them sleeping, then you might get a, a lucky goal. I mean, just think about what Liverpool did to us, right? They found something in the tape that we were slow to mark up on corner kicks. They did the fast corner kick and they got that goal. The same thing. If I were the Slavia Praha coach, I would do the same thing. I'd be going quick corners, set it up because one thing we are not, Brian, we are not tough. We are so soft this season. And by having these set plays that Praha is doing, it really needs Barca's attention to detail on defense and communication. And we just don't do that as well as we used to. And so Praha was just looking to try to get us and they almost did. And that's the thing as a coach of a, you know, lower resource team, that's where you're really going to focus. You're going to focus and say, we're going to play defensively sound. We're going to try to get him on the counter and any set piece, let's devise some set pieces. So we have them in our back pocket already organized and try to get one lucky goal here well you know and we we even gave them a couple of these through some really on some lazy defending and unnecessary fouling there were two free kicks in scoring positions for slavia there was one in the 32nd minute when samedo took down olienka olienka was running on pk samedo ran from behind and took him down we're just lucky they didn't score on that free kick and then six minutes later 38th minute vidal gives up another free kick in a pretty good scoring position coming in from behind like a freight train this is one of my biggest pet peeves in world football soccer in defending a lot of times you just have to be in front of the man and the and the the goalpost essentially behind you you know and you know all you have to do is just focus on their hips their belly button right especially if you're going backwards okay but these players never do that they always go to the tackle as a last resort and i just don't get it because a lot of times these players aren't the greatest, right? They still have a possibility of losing the ball, making it a bad touch, or something may happen. And as long as you're still on feet, you still have a chance to defend and win that ball back. This is the same thing. It's just lazy defending. We just do not know how to mark. And especially on that canceled goal that, that Praha scored, you just watch that back line, how no one reacted. I mean, absolutely no one reacted. I mean, Semedo was like looking around. He's like, I thought all four of you guys had it, you know, and, <laughs> and and that's the type of defending that we have right now. And again, fundamentally, we are just lacking on everything. And it's really frustrating because this is the coach's job, you know, to have the team prepared for this match. And again, it is just Slavia Praha. But man, Brian, you know, we have two super huge Champions League matches left. And I honestly don't know. If it's better to not make the group stage to have more ramifications for Valverde to leave, because if we make this group stage, do you right now have any faith that we even get out through the next knockout stage? I mean, of course, it depends on who you draw, but in in the abstract. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, thinking about an away match, we're probably going to give up four goals to a good team. 
And all of a sudden you yeah. you expect us to score five at home and play sound defensively. That's just not a good recipe. So again, yeah. I you know, going back to this, you know, if you're the underdog, these are the opportunities you look for. And again, Brian, if you get a chance to watch the replay, just watch the coach of Praha. Man, he is like animated, but in a good way, getting the players to go, communicating, telling them to set plays, whereas our coach the opposite, not doing anything, you yeah. know, I mean, just with no <laughs> answers, you know, like he's never coached football in his life. And yet he's done it for a long oh, yeah, time. I know. And these are just simple fixes, Brian. I always tell you, these are, they're not these things where you have to overhaul the whole locker room for these things. It's just making the players more fundamentally sound, communicate directly what you want from them, and also have a clear plan of what the plan is for the game. As we talk about, are we trying to attack, defend, possess? And then tell them that and go with the proper lineup. Like for me, Brian, right. again, where's Rakitic, man? He's coming in in the 68th minute for Busquets. Yeah, but that's the thing. You know, it's just like it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, again, Valverde with his subs just putting stuff on the wall, you know, and just hoping it sticks. Right. Well, yeah, you mentioned uh, Prague's called back goal. We had our own called back mm-hmm. goal in the 58th minute. De Jong to Messi, really nice. He gives it to Vidal for the final tap in, but it was called back for offside. And I swear that was a bad call. Messi was on. Yeah, it was by inches, you know, like you could go either way. But again, it's yeah. it's by VAR. And yes, that goal should have gone through probably if there was no VAR. But again, if we win this match, it just continues to hide the mirage that what our season is. And with PK's comments after the match, which to me are incredibly blind to what is going on, he basically asked for more patience, Brian. Right. Like it's their first month playing under Valverde. And I just don't understand this. They are completely insulated of what's really happening. And he kept saying that we're still top of La Liga. Don't you want better? You know, as I've watched many videos in the last couple of days and watched a lot of sports and all the things here in Spain, as Kules were just tired of this, you know, it's yeah. just, it's just really tired. And again, there's no, as I, we talked about in the last episode and you're a creative guy, I'm a creative guy when it comes to football, there's just no romanticism of art on the football field for anything, you know? You know, my worst thing too now is that Suarez is going to come back and Valverde thinks that's the reason why we didn't win this match. Yeah. Now, as far as substitutes go, there are two subs that I really want to talk about. Uh, First one being, well, the fact that Jordi Alba got injured, so we had to put someone in for him. Sergio Roberto comes in for him at the beginning of the second half. It was a hamstring injury, and so Valverde had no other options. He had to put Sergio Roberto in and move Semedo to left back, which is something that he has been doing. But it was a real shame because the only good chances that they were creating in the first half were from Dembele and Semedo getting in behind the back line on the right. So in the second half, they had none of that. We, we go back to the same thing. Where's Junior Furpo for this? I mean, you, you're telling me, Brian, that Junior Furpo couldn't hold his own against Praha? I mean, just think about the possibility of keeping Semedo and Dembele, and we would have had more chances, right? And they would have been chasing Dembele all over. But again, Valverde doesn't trust Furpo for whatever reason, and he'd rather you know, harm both left back, left back and right back position by putting players who aren't the best options there. So again, I just don't get his substitutions as always. And again, it is a shame because I was now going to be out three to four weeks. Right. And that, and so this goes back to his squad selection because Verbo wasn't even on the bench. Exactly. He had no other choice. What's really maddening though, is to think that even if Verbo were on the bench, I feel like he still would have done the same thing. For sure. For sure. I mean, he has no faith in Furpo. That's obvious, right? But also, again, he just would rather – he just feels that Semedo and, and Sergio Roberto are better options. 
by putting them out of place, they're not providing anything. They're just a detriment. And it's not like we're all of a sudden 100% more solid on defense for whatever reason. Right. We're, we're still a sieve exactly. back there. So again, I, I don't know what he's watching. I honestly just don't. And again, it just goes back to the same premise that we had. Does he even care? No. <laughs> exactly. I, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it. It doesn't seem like it. Certainly it doesn't. No. And then in the 64th minute, he puts Fati in for Dembele and you know, Fati is a great looking young player. We're all very excited about him. Nobody should have any great expectations of him right now. And I don't think any of the fans are expecting too much of him. I don't think anyone is expecting that he's going to be the one to turn this game around. So was it really necessary to take out Dembele in the first place? Dembele looked fine to me. Why not just let him play the full 90? I mean, for me, more importantly, would be taking Vidal out sooner, you know, and putting Griezmann in that top spot. I think that would have had better output. But again, Valverde is playing checkers. I don't know what he's doing out there. You know, this this doesn't make any sense because, yes, Fati had a great opportunity, had a great pass there, you know, where Messi had a shot and it didn't it got blocked by the keeper. You're telling me the starting three forwards couldn't score a goal if they were put in the right positions. That's just all it is, you know, especially with Griezmann with his work rate and moving around. This goes back to this other thing here that's happening here in Spain is that they spent about 30 minutes last night or the night before highlighting the amount of times where Messi did not pass to Griezmann when available. And Brian, I have to say, I kind of believe it's a thing because when Messi hit the post on that shot, Griezmann had a better angle. And I know that if that goal goes in, it's a different story. But there's plenty of times where Griezmann is making the space to accept the pass from Messi. And Messi just didn't take that opportunity, which I find it very rare. And I don't know if there's something, you know, where Messi still doesn't trust him or whatnot. But if Griezmann is up on the number nine, then that's a different story. You know, again, Griezmann on the left is just a horrible thing. And the same thing is happening to what happened to Coutinho is what's happening to Griezmann. We're just phasing them out and expect them to score 40 goals out of position. Well, yeah, sorry yeah. to bring that out there. Yeah, yeah. But again, going back to the next sub, right? I mean, I just want to see Rakitic more, you know? His defense is what's lacking in our midfield. And I think he'll bring that defense to help solidify something. I just want to hold on to something, Brian. Either really yeah. great passing from Artur or really defensive, more sounded midfield like Rakitic, you know? But we just don't have anything in the midfield right now. The whole style, the whole tactic is really changing to essentially get rid of the midfield. Exactly. It's crazy. And and as we talked about, you know, I still think that Artur and Dijon are our most important midfielders and they should start. But again, the 4-3-3 is just not working. And we have yeah. to, we have players and we just have to adapt to their strengths with a different formation. I don't understand still, you know, this 4-3-3 fascination when we don't have the players. And again, Valverde, before he came, he was a 4-2-3-1 guy. And I'm, you know, I desperately want that. But again, I just want to to see Messi in the center. I don't want him in the right. Messi wants to play center. Let him play center because then he'll distribute. But he needs balance because now we're becoming Argentina and not in the good way, like I said. Well, coming up, Celta de Vigo are in turmoil themselves and they're coming to the Camp Nou this weekend to continue La Liga. That's been sort of uh, a Liga that's been sort of meh this year. So Barcelona remain undefeated in the Camp Nou so far. Uh, But that Slavia game was their first draw there of the year. So even their home advantage is beginning to slip. I mean, it's just a matter of time, of course, before they they give something up in the Camp Nou. That's that's just math. But Celta are also having a very bad year so far. They're presently in the relegation zone, 18th place, with only nine points. 
from two wins, three draws, and seven losses. And just this last week, they've sacked Fran Escriba and given the managing job to former Barcelona player Oscar Garcia. He wasn't a big player, but he did play for Barcelona in the past. When Celta picked up Denis Suarez and Rafinha at the start of this year, it looked as though they were making some really positive moves, continue a really good run they've had in the first division for some years now. At this point, Garcia could turn it around, but just like when we went up against Valencia in their first match with a new manager, we could be the beneficiaries of Celta's personnel turnover. I definitely thought that, you know, having the talents of Denis and Rafinha playing game in and game out was going to put them right in the thick of things in La Liga fighting for that fourth Champions League spot, maybe, or Europa League. But they just haven't been able to gel. They've had a lot of issues with injuries and just overall just not playing well together. They've been losing a lot of matches. They haven't really used their home field advantage that they have up there in Galicia. And yeah, so it's it's interesting because I definitely thought, especially Denise, I think more than Rafinha for me, I definitely thought Denise was going to have a really breakout year and that has not happened. Yeah, it's really sad for them. But, you know, as PK pointed out, Barcelona are still on top of the league table, <laughs> but it's just, it's a really strange league this year. At the moment, Barca, Real Madrid, and Real Sociedad are tied with 22 points. Madrid and Barcelona, they each have a game in hand because of the no Clasico. But still, you know, I Liga, sure, but I Liga Pobre, no? Wow, Brian putting the Spanish there, huh? All right, all right. <laughs> so this was an interesting premise because I was watching the show the other day and, and this lady brought up a good point. It's just that we just have to accept the fact maybe that Barca and Madrid aren't just not good. Because we still, how, how can you not accept that? At well, this point? yeah, exactly. But the thing is, you know, with Messi on Barca and the superstars they have and Madrid have their superstars, you just assume that they are going to always win out these matches. But, you know, with the changing of the guard, the veterans, I mean, both teams are kind of going through it as well, you know, and we just kind of have to accept that maybe both teams are just not that good. The league is a little bit better. But the teams of the league aren't that good either because they're not performing as well in Champions League. It's just the cycle, you know, and Barcelona has not been able to take opportunities of them. But as PK said, they're still league leaders. But for how much longer? You know, I still think right. it's a mirage. You know, it's a week to week. One week it's Granada. Another week it's uh, Osasuna. One week it's us, you know. But again, I have no faith that we are going to continue to be the La Liga champions because – of the performance that we're getting week in and week out in that it's completely unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, you know, in any other year, it seems like if Barca or Real Madrid were having the kinds of poor results or uh, inconsistent results, getting beaten by much smaller teams more frequently than you would think, you would expect Atletico Madrid to overtake them or Sevilla. Athletic Bilbao. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you would expect one of those to, to be on top at this point. For sure. But it's just, again, it's Atletico's having their problems as well, you know? and Exactly. And, so everyone's having problems. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. It's also just, you know, like I said, it's the cycle of the teams of Madrid and Barca, and they're just happening at the same time. And it's, it's usually one or the other is usually what's happening. We expect so much from these teams with the amount of wins and competitions and games they play. And it's just a matter that the, it's going to catch up to these players. Both teams desperately need new blood. Desperately, you know. Uh, for our team, 
our team is at the end of the line. And you can just see it game in and game out that they're just not able to put the effort, the work rate that they used to. This match against Celta, if it was in Galicia, I would be, Brian, I would say 50-50 again, you know, especially since sure. the winter's coming, the rain and all that stuff. But since it's at the Camp no, I definitely wouldn't be surprised with like a 4 nothing win and everyone just saying, oh, Barca's back, you know, that's it, you know, right. with the same type of thing. So... I'm really torn because, again, I'm having a hard time watching these La Liga matches because the way we're playing, we just don't have an identity. And I think that's the really hard part. You know, if we were defensive and Valverde came out and said, we're going to be more defensive and this is it, I'd be like, okay, at least we have the identity. But without an identity, we are completely lost at sea. Well, it does seem like we have where a new identity is emerging and it's that over the top kind of thing we were seeing when they had when they were marking up one-to-one against six-on-six. Yeah, it's a terrible strategy. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because of two things. Yeah, you – I mean, that's why they call it 50-50, right? I mean, these are 50-50 balls that you're going over the top. But, man, it's it's the worst way because, you know, before we are defined by our possession and to keep those uh, balls at our feet to, you know, have scoring opportunities – now, going long ball is the the complete 180 of that. And I really hope we're not going towards that because I can't stand that style. That's not football. That's just that's kickball, you know, and yeah. that's all it is. You know, if I if I really liked kickball, I would watch the Premier League more, you know, but I just right. don't like that style. I think there's yeah. more talent and technicality to or technical ability to what we do and what La Liga players do. And so that's why I tend to gravitate towards La Liga. But the lineup is really going to dictate what we're going to do. We already know the back line is going to be the same, especially with the Jordi Alba injury. What's the midfield going to be? Who knows? Vidal's going to play number nine. That could be a possibility as well. And Griezmann on the left wing as well. You know, I, I just yeah. don't know what's going to happen. But I really hope, Brian, we don't wake up the sleeping beast of Celta because they do have talent to score goals and be a surprise. I just hope that we're able just to get the three points and continue on our merry way. Man, I'm I'm not looking forward to this match. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it seems like we're not really looking forward to any matches. I don't think at, even at the beginning of this season, I didn't feel like we were we weren't anticipating this year the way that we had anticipated the beginning of a new season in the past. And now as it's going on, it's just getting more and more and more worse. Exactly. And it's just, there's no love. There's no love, no. you know, there's no, everything's on repeat rerun of the way we play. But more importantly, I just, every time I just see EV on there, just irks me to no end because I don't like people or coaches that just don't respond to anything. And that just drives yeah. me crazy. Again, Brian, I will watch this match with a lot of beers because it's nine o'clock kickoff time here. So that'll <laughs> definitely help uh, with, the, yeah. with, with the match with you and the party. Well, there has been growing talk around Ronald Koeman, but I think we should table that for another episode and maybe next week. For sure. For sure. We can, we can dig in to that because that's a whole other can of Dutch worms. <laughs> now, we will be off for international break. We will not cover the charity match between Barcelona and Cartagena, but I'll be watching if it's aired in the U.S. and, uh, you know, if it's convenient. On Patreon, however, we will have another installment of our Legends series. This episode will be about Rivaldo. So if you want to listen to that and our other Legends episodes, become a member on Patreon. There's a link in the show notes or just go to barsatalk.net. We'll be back ahead of the Leganes match on the 23rd, so look out for a new episode that Friday. Barca Talk is a production of Sound at Media, written by Gabriel Quiroga and Brian Henderson, produced by Brian Henderson, social media and promotion by Two Point Go. Until next time, Visca Barca. 
Social Podcast Network.